Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Ah, so the final didn't end the way we wanted or expected um, to as England fans, unfortunately. Um, but before I give my review of the final, uh, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we appreciate all the love and support that we receive. So back to the game. Ah. Oh. Well, let's try and think of sort of like a good point of the game when we scored a goal. Second minute. Fantastic play. Fantastic start from England to begin with. Uh, Luke Short. Well, Trippier with a great cross. And as soon as he had the ball to his feet, I felt like something was going to happen. And Luke Short, great control. Started there nicely uh, in the near post. A great start for England. But unfortunately for me, England just lacked that cutting edge after that. They didn't really have that sort of killer instinct or that attack mind where they were going to defend their their lead by attacking. Instead, they had more of a safe approach or cautious approach, I should say, um, playing on the counter, which I guess has worked well during the tournament. But at this stage... You're playing against a better opposition, probably one of the stand-up performers uh, so far in the Euros. So, for me, it was a wrong approach. I think they should have been a bit more attack-minded, going forward a little bit more. Uh, even the tactics later on in the second half were not you know, forward-thinking at all. So, for me, slightly disappointment in regards to that. But we have to give credit to the Italians. They were fantastic throughout the game, especially the second half. They managed to get their goal through um, a, a Bonucci header. Fantastic goal. Um, he's been really pivotal in their success, um, scoring vital uh, goals, penalties. So he's not just all about his defending. He's been very much one of their star performers in the tournament. Uh, Keza as well was just running havoc throughout the 90 minutes, extra time as well. When they did actually get to extra time, I think the way Keza was playing, I felt like Italy might just grab a goal um, and score the winner before it even gets close to the end of the second half of extra time. But fortunately for England at that stage, uh, he was injured. Seemed like a soft tackle at first, um, but I guess the type of shoes that footballers wear now, they're not really padded up as much as they used to be. So, yeah, that's that sort of step on his um, on his toes kind of ruin his game, I guess. And he was uh, substituted off. So at that stage, the match was pretty much in the balance where I feel like any team could have gone on to win. But as we've seen throughout the tournament, extra time, the teams just do not have the, the steam to kind of keep going and score a lot of goals. And it was penalties. Um, not England's forte, of course. But at this point, it's a lottery. Anyone can win it. It just depends on who performs or slots in the penalty at the time. So I have to be honest, the penalties from Rashford and Sancho were poorly executed, especially Rashford, where I'm not a big fan of this whole slow walk, stop, and then try and figure out where the keeper's going to go before you shoot. Um, 
I think he did it in a smart manner where Donnarumma kind of committed to diving to one side, but the finish, I know he clipped the post, but I would just hope that he'd finished it. And Sancho was a similar sort of approach, uh, but Donnarumma pretty much read um, the direction of the ball and made a crucial save. So at that stage, Jorginho steps up where we all know, watching him for Chelsea in the Premier League, that he's a master when it comes to penalties. And Pickford did a fantastic save. Um, wasn't expecting it. So a slim chance or a lifeline there for England to kind of get back in order to try and win the penalty shootout. And young Saka, who was very brave to step up and take the fifth penalty, just wasn't able to score, unfortunately. And therefore, it, the Italy were crowned champions of Europe. Firstly, you have to give congrats to Italy. I think they've been the best team in the tournament in terms of entertainment and value. And also on the night, they were the best team on the night. They had more ball possession. Uh, they just seemed to have more of a cutting edge throughout the game. So they deserve to win. So congrats to Italy in terms of how they performed. England, it just wasn't their night. That's just where you have to look at it. I know we can dwell in terms of tactics and Southgate should have done this, should have put on that player or this player didn't play well, blah, blah, blah. Sometimes you just have to give the opposition the credit they deserve and Italy fully deserves because they did perform really well. But I have to be honest, England should be very proud of how they performed throughout this tournament. And it's just a shame that, unfortunately, three players that missed the penalties have been racially abused after the match and i shouldn't be saying this so bluntly as well but it was kind of expected uh, as that's been the sort of thing that's been happening over the course of the season and until social media platforms like twitter don't take accountability of identifying these trolls that dish out these sort of comments online and we don't know who they are where they live so until this is not resolved we're always going to get this on these online social media platforms, unfortunately. Um, and it comes from, I'm going to be, speak a bit more political now in terms of, it comes from our leader of the country, Prime Minister Boris Johnson, who has openly been racist uh, in the past. So when you've got a leader like that, it becomes normal for the public and society to act that certain way as well. So. It's, it's just disgusting behaviour. Um, nothing's being done at this stage. So as a fan, I get frustrated when I see it online. So I can only imagine how disturbing and stressful it is for these young professionals who are living their dreams playing football. And, you know, they don't do this deliberately. It's just part of the game. You do miss some chances. You, do, you have good games, you have bad games. It is, it's sports. That's, it's how it is. You win some, you lose some. Um, so yeah, in terms of these trolls, just pathetic in terms of how they behave. And UEFA needs to take more accountability in terms of what we see. Even before the game, I don't know if you saw the footage where fans were trying to break into the stadium because they didn't get a ticket. That's just ridiculous behavior as well. Um, reminds me of the protest that happened with Manchester United not so long ago. So hooligan behavior from some of the English fans. Yeah, not a good day, not a good way to start such a historic moment where England haven't played the final since 1966. So 
some corners unfortunately ruined that sort of lead up to the final there. And regarding these people that are so quick to dish out racist abuse or abuse towards the team, if you can't take losing, don't watch sports. It's not for you. Um, you've made these young players heroes from last week. Not so long ago, a few days ago, they were heroes. And I've just made them zero just because they missed a chance or they couldn't win the game. So, yeah, just ridiculous in terms of what we've seen online. I hope something is done to stamp this out going forward. Um, but I guess it's a bit more powerful in terms of just our speech. It comes from the hierarchy, from football associations like English FA, UEFA, FIFA, and the social media platforms need to take more accountability as well. So we'll see how that goes on. But back to football. Um, I was rooting for England to win. Um, I can't say I was completely supporting them as I don't, I'm from England, but I don't have that connection with the team. As you see, so many ethnic players getting racially abused after missing a penalty or losing a game. So you can't relate to that. And for me, it's like, what's the point of supporting a team where the nation, they only support you when you're winning. But when it comes down to the nitty gritty, they're not really there for you. So I don't have that kind of attachment with the national team. But as you've watched my previous episodes, I'm a neutral. So I literally spectate on what I've watched in terms of throughout the tournament. And I'll be honest with you, throughout the whole tournament, I think it's, it's been great. There's been so many great moments and so many great goals. Um, it's been a great tournament overall. So, yeah, happy happy to see a good tournament because there were some sort of sceptical views before the Euro started, especially the way it was formatted where it was across different cities. But I think it panned out well. Some say England had the advantage because they didn't travel as much as other teams, but it is what it is. That's just, that's just how it is sometimes. But regarding the England team, I think they will be back. The amount of young talent that they have in their team, they will only get better. So some of the youngsters like Saka, Sancho, Foden, Bellingham, who you know I'm a big fan of, fantastic players, guys the limit in terms of their ability. So the future is bright. England have so much young talent coming through. Even the more experienced players like Grealish, Mount, they're still there as well. Declan Rice, Calvin Phillips performed really well uh, throughout the tournament, especially Phillips. Well, some people were surprised. Me particularly, I wasn't that surprised as I've been a big fan of his uh, as he's been playing for Leeds United in the Premier League. So in terms of next year, where the World Cup will be taking place, I believe towards the winter time next year, you have to say England has to be regarded as one of the favourites. Uh, alongside Italy. Um, I've even seen in some quarters that the manager should be changed in terms of South, Gareth Southgate. I, I disagree with that. Um, I'm not going to say I'm his biggest fan because for me, my way of watching football, I like managers to be a bit more attack-minded. Well, if, if you've got Jurgen Klopp as your club manager, you know, you want heavy metal football. But in terms of Southgate, I think he's more of a cautious manager. But when it comes to international football, it's a different ball game. So those tactics do play part. And I believe the tactics that he set up throughout the tournament, you have to give him full credit. He's got the results done. He was so close to winning the tournament. So he deserves all the praise that, that he deserves, to be honest with you. So, yeah, I think it would be a silly decision for the FA to look elsewhere. as I don't think there's any worthy candidates that would take that England job. 
And yeah, I definitely think next year in the World Cup, they definitely have a chance. Um, one positive thing from Southgate's time, uh, the English team, is the way he's gelled the team because we've got players, former players like Rio Ferdinand, who've come on air and said that when he used to go to the England camp, there would be a lot of divisions, especially United players, Liverpool players, Chelsea players. So there was no team unity whenever they played for England. But you can see it if you watch clips online through the official FA YouTube channel. You can see the the bond that all the young players have. They've actually played together through the ranks as well. So that's quite helpful in that regards. And, you know, it's been fantastic the way he's joined the team. And at the same time, he's united the nation um, during a very difficult time for the country. So credit to Southgate. I think he's done a fantastic job. Um, he's not everyone's cup of tea. For me, he's not as well, but you can't you can't disregard what he's uh, achieved with the England team. So semi-finals in the previous World Cup, final in the Euros, maybe he'll be third time lucky and win the next tournament, which is the World Cup. So fingers crossed for England in that regards. So we've just got a comment here from Mental Health Guy. With the events that transpired yesterday, do you think England should ever host a major tournament? Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, unfortunately, you will get that in every country where you'll have just a small number of fans that do not represent the public, do not represent the spirit of football and the nation as well. So I, I would say no. Um, but there is an argument there, especially if you're one of the rival countries or nations that want to host the next uh, World Cup in 2030, you would use that against that. You know, look at England, look at the fan behaviour there. So, yeah, it doesn't look good in terms of representation for our country. But, no, I don't think that should be um, regarded to dispel England's chances in hosting a major tournament. Okay, so before we wrap up, I'd like to do a just a small roundup where uh, discuss like the best players uh, throughout the tournament. So I believe it was announced today as well officially that the player of the tournament was Donnarumma, the Italian goalkeeper. Uh, for me, it, yeah, I guess he was one of the top players, but I'd give it to Chase uh, Kaiser. Um, the Italian winger, I think despite him not starting every game, whenever he has played he's made, he's made such a big impact so it could have been any Italian uh, player to be honest with you for me personally um, I'd go for Kayser, I think he's been fantastic um, has led the line, playing from the wing such, with such flair creativity and been scoring so many important goals definitely the main attacking point, as for me Immobile hasn't really done much in that Italian team. Um, he doesn't lead that line very well. Uh, maybe the tactics didn't suit his capabilities there, but Keza definitely stepped up to the plate. Insignia on the left was fantastic, scored some vital goals, scored some nice curlers as well at the same time. So no arguments in terms of the selection for Donnarumma there, but if I was to choose an alternative, I'd definitely go for Keza as our player of the tournament at Football Talk Podcast. So, young player of the tournament. So, the award has been given to uh, Pedri, uh, which I guess, no arguments there, but I'll play a bit of a devil advocate here. 
I'm going to go for Damsgaard from Denmark. I think he's been fantastic. He's a player that I was aware of before the tournament and put him in my hidden gem category for you to look out for when watching uh, Denmark in the tournament. And for me, he's delivered. He's been scoring some very important goals, scoring some spectacular goals and almost helped his nation qualify for the final after scoring that beautiful free kick against England. So for me, he definitely had some standout moments. Uh, Pedri, for me, looks like an unbelievable player. Don't get me wrong. But I think with Damsgaard, it kind of came out a surprise uh, as probably a lot of people didn't know him before the tournament. So difficult one. Not arguments in terms of Pedri actually getting the official award, but I'd go for uh, Damsgaard for our tournament player of the year. And let's talk about the team. So I've got a team of the tournament. So goalkeeper, you have to give it to Donnarumma, I guess. Um, fantastic. Big, big hand in terms of the penalty shootout against Spain. Um, match hero there. So definitely played his part. Uh, didn't con actually... Pickford conceded the less goals. So Pickford only conceded two goals throughout the tournament, whereas... Donnarumma um, conceded four. So if you're a stats man, that would probably be your argument then to the why Pickford didn't get the award there. But as being crowned winners and playing an important role, um, not only against Spain, but in the cup final as well against England, um, making crucial saves in the penalties, it's only right that it goes to Donnarumma. But honourable mentions to Pickford, who for me has surprised me uh, in terms of his ability really steady pair of hands throughout the tournament and made some great saves throughout the tournament. So definite mention for him. Sommer as well, Switzerland goalkeeper. For me, he made some fantastic saves throughout the tournament and definitely was a standout performer. And Schmeichel as well, especially against England, I thought he was fantastic. So some honourable mentions there. So I've gone for a 4-3-3 formation. So my back four, let's start from right back. So... <sighs> <laughs> he played both positions, but I had to put him in there because he's been one of my favorite players in the tournament. Is Myla, uh, who plays for Denmark, um, right back slash left back, um, scoring a number of goals throughout um, the tournament and plenty of assists. One of his assists where he did it with the outside of his foot to Dolberg, probably the assist of the tournament, in my opinion. Fantastic pass that was. So had to add him in there. I've gone for a centre-back pairing um, of Bonucci and Cellini. Uh, for me, then two players have been formidable. Uh, Bonucci has actually been quite helpful in terms of helping Italy climb up throughout the tournament. So scoring important goals, scoring penalties under huge pressure. And yeah, he's just not a defender. He's doing, he's, he did everything throughout the tournament. So definitely had to have Bonucci and Cellini as well. Fantastic throughout, shows true leadership and his experience has prevailed in terms of how it's performed. So I've gone for two Italian centre-backs there. Left-back for me was a bit of a tricky one. Initially, I had Spinozola, um, but I've gone for Luke Shaw. I think he's been a stand-up performer in the tournament and he's grown every match and scoring a goal in the final as well, I think was a good sort of moment for him. So I've gone for Luke Shaw as my left back but in terms of honorable mentions that were close to being selected in my team of the tournament uh dumfries uh right back from uh the netherlands 
uh, pretty much looked like he was playing right wing at times. The way he was so attack-minded there. He had a great tournament. Uh, Simon Kiar as well, the Danish centre-back, definitely led um, the team really well. Could have gone to the finals or just missed out, unfortunately. But he definitely impressed me. And his experience was vital in terms of uh, Denmark's progression in the tournament. Maguire as well, obviously didn't start the first couple of games, but had an important role to play for England. Definitely added this defensive stability as the tournament went on. So definitely deserves a mention there. And as I just mentioned previously, Spinozola as well. If it wasn't for that injury, maybe I would have put him there in the left-back position. But yeah, I've just gone for Luke, for Luke Shaw. He's just edged it for me there. But Spinozola was fantastic. Similar kind of impact as Myla as well. Two right-footed uh, defenders playing left-back, but equally can play fantastically on the right as well. So... Yeah, I think these two players will be linked with some big moves in the summer. Um, so probably just be on the lookout for lots of transfer moves as the Euro's finished now. Um, so my midfield. So I've gone with Georgina as my sort of defensive mid. And I've gone for Pogba. So I know France didn't progress as much as people probably would have expected them to. Well, most people, including myself, thought they'd win it. Uh, but he definitely stood out for me in terms of his performance. Definitely the leader of that French team. And the goal he scored from like 30 yards won the goal of the tournaments as well. So that's why I've got in there. And Pedri um, is in my midfield. Just looks like a superstar in the making in terms of how he plays. The way he dribbles on the ball, so effortless. Passing abilities, it's amazing. So yeah, I couldn't not add, add um, Pedri um in my team so honorable mentions uh damsgaard so you probably just noticed that i i voted damsgaard as young player of the tournament but i've got pedri in the starting lineup here so that doesn't make sense in terms of why i made that decision earlier on for me the reason i said damsgaard as young player of the tournament is because for me he had clutch moments throughout the tournament where whereas pedri played fantastically throughout but didn't score vital goals here and there. So for me, to be named as a young player or player of the tournament, you need to stand out from the crowd. And for me, Damsgaard, in terms of young players, definitely did that, scoring some important goals and nearly helped his team uh, reach to the final. So that's why I gave Damsgaard the, the, the sort of individual award there. But as a collective team, I feel like Pedri has been fantastic. So that's why I've got him there. Other honourable mentions in midfield, Verratti. Uh, he could have easily have been there in that team. He was fantastic throughout the whole tournament. Wolfsburg from Sweden. Uh, can play midfield, play, can play on the wing as well, but I had to add him or mention him because I feel like he's been fantastic. Scored some great goals. Um, and another one, Renato Sanchez from Portugal. So a player that probably got disregarded by many fans after his time at Swansea. Uh, but he's definitely looks the player that we expected him to be when he was at Benfica. And he had such a positive impact in that Portuguese team. Uh, looked unplayable against sometimes. So, yeah, definitely have to mention him. And my front three, I've got uh, Kayser on my right-hand side. I've got Sterling on the left. And I've gone for Schick. Um, who probably scored the goal of the tournament with the 50-yard um left foot strike from the halfway line um which was you know amazing to see uh, so that's my front three there 
and honourable mentions, Ronaldo, and I'm most of his goals were set pieces or penalties. Uh, I'm sure Fernandez would be upset about that, but has to be mentioned as well as he was top scorer of the tournament. Lukaku as well for me had a great tournament with um, Belgium, being the main talisman there. Benzema as well, coming back, playing for France after so many years. Unlucky not to um, help the, the French team progress after the two goals he scored against Switzerland. But for me, he had a good tournament. I was really impressed with him. And another young star who's just arose during this tournament is Alexandra Isaac, who plays for Sweden. Very impressive, this young player. Um, I feel like he's got a big future. So a player to remember, a player to look out for in years to come. And I'm sure he'll be playing for one of the top clubs um, in, the near, in the near future. Uh, so, yeah, so this wraps up my final preview and roundup of your 2020 show. Uh, before you leave, please don't forget to like and subscribe to our channel. Normally, I would announce uh, my next episode. I haven't decided when it will be, but be on the lookout on my social media so you can follow me at Aussie.ftp on Instagram. And Aussie MP on Twitter. I will be doing hands for content. So it will be for Premier League teams. Um, I'm hoping to invite some special guests as well. So stay tuned in terms of uh, what content I have um, in weeks to come before the lead up to the Premier League season that officially starts in August. So looking forward to that. You know, we can speak about transfers all day. So excited about the new episodes that I'm going to do soon. Well, thank you very much, guys, for tuning in. And I shall see you guys very soon.